0: Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen.
1: Hello, 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 and welcome to, this has to be the last day of April, right? I've been trying to get to the last day of April for a long time. And it's a Tuesday, which means Susan's joining us uh, from from, uh, Green Bay, Wisconsin. Hello, yeah,
2: Gray and well yeah, I was here when Trump was here. I Ooh. know.
1: I know, I know. And
2: oh he's I was having problems. I was I was feeling I should do something patriotic, but like I think go didn't. and
1: protest. Did anybody protest him? Do you know?
2: There? Oh yeah, there were plenty of people there were plenty <clears throat> of people that were standing there protesting. There were and there, there was a whole other rally in a different part of town, which is what the Democrats the Democratic Party asked people to do, not to pay any attention to to them, but to uh, um, you know have their own rally uh, at a different time of the day. I think they did that to be nice to the police, uh, but that that sort of loses its effectiveness, you know. Yeah. Dang.
1: Well, he's gone now. And he,
2: so. and you can't. And I'm yeah. And he's gone now. But you you just it is disheartening to see that that you know that there's just so many people that are looking at what we're looking at and seeing a totally different picture yeah it's it's just hard to understand yeah
1: <laughs> you know um the, uh, esquire did a a, a piece and uh, they were not alone in mentioning one of the I mean, of all the horrific things and lies he uh, told uh, to that adoring crowd uh, in, in Green Bay. And in fact, the Washington Post, that who, this, which has been cataloging every lie of his presidency, said that it was in Green Bay at that event that he reached the 10,000 lies uh, of his presidency. So he told the 10,000th lie. These are public lies. God knows how many there really are. But then he went into this. The baby is born. The mother meets with the doctor. They take care of the baby. They wrap the baby beautifully. And then the doctor and the mother determine whether or not they will execute the baby.
2: He said that.
1: In Green Bay. Yeah, he said that, and and people,
2: I guess, people, believe that.
1: And they do believe it. It is an absolute. Well, as the as atrocious the, lie. As the as Esquire points out, they call it this is unmitigated bullshit, <laughs> and it's going to get someone killed because we know the anti-choice movement. We won't call them pro-life. Has already piled up an impressive body count, but then Esquire turns on the New York Times. But what this is Charlie Pearson, Esquire. What I did not expect was that the New York Times would take this opportunity uh, to assault the English language, which is they said right after they quoted him about killing swaddled babies. He executing them, the New York Times wrote, President Trump revived on Saturday night what is fast becoming a standard and inaccurate refrain about doctors executing babies, and then he goes ballistic about the Times calling that a standard and inaccurate refrain
2: right and trala trala.
1: He and he says an inaccurate refrain. Are they serious? Um,
2: yeah, and a yeah. bald-faced lie that incites people to murder is not an inaccurate refrain. I I I agree totally. Right, but and this and is the says, same uh, New York Times that's running a cartoon. Yeah, of, yeah, yeah. you know, anti-Semitic in, cartoons. In, in, Let's... In, in, yeah, right.
1: keep your eye on the times because I'm getting close to canceling my subscription. The um, and he, uh, Charles Pearson Esquire goes on to say the president's bloodthirsty mendacity. That's a little better than an accurate refrain. Bloodthirsty mendacity reminds me of the lies and slanders aimed at hospice workers when they were tending to Terry Schiavo. Remember that wonderful yeah. moment in American history. The hospice got regular bomb threats, and so did the elementary school up the road. But seriously, New York Times, an inaccurate refrain? He says, I feel sick. Good thing, as John Fogarty warned us, there's a bathroom on the right. (laughs) There's a bathroom on the right. Where am I? I'm seeing a lot of that. Where people are quoting, are doing, you know, the misheard uh, quotes from songs uh, in their in their writing, and it's funny. There's a bathroom on the right. I'm gonna. Well, I
2: think it's partly that people are depressing themselves and are so angry and miserable about what they're being forced to write that that they are they're actually including the little jokes they tell themselves to allow themselves to go on in their writing. Yeah. You know what I mean? I really, what I can, mean that's what—that's right. exactly what that sounds like to me because that's what happens to me as I talk or write. I'm always firing off my own little private one-liners. I'll know. I'm, I'm sure that you're all surprised to hear that, and they're mostly chiefly for my amusement. But every once in a while, one creeps into whatever it is I'm writing, and that sounds exactly like that. Mm-hmm. Right.
1: Well, I don't know. Um the news today so far <laughs> I, d- I told myself today that I am not going to uh follow uh with you know, day to day to day this uh push and pull uh with the executive branch and the legislative branch because this is gonna go on for months and months through a million different court cases. Trump now suing uh Deutsche Bank and um Uh, Capital One to keep them from uh, from following through with their intent to deliver uh, his financial records to uh, because of subpoenas they've received from congressional committees. Um, He has no standing. What I mean, there is no way he wins that. But you just keep slowing this process. Uh, down and it's going to be uh, just constant um, stonewalling uh, by the executive branch, including uh, Barr, the Attorney General, apparently uh, unwilling to uh, now submit himself to
2: questions. Um, well, it's just going to it's just going to get him impeached. Well, I don't know. It's going to move people that are being, you know, saying, "Let's wait and find out. Let's do our own business." And they'll just start, and they'll just go, "No, okay, we'll play it your way. You're impeached hmm. well i don't I don't think it's a smart thing to do. I mean they're gonna it because it's gonna blow up timely in their faces or untimely for them i i mean in I, terms I do know when
1: the election will be, yeah, in, terms of, in worse, terms of elections, in terms
2: of the way it'll play, if mm-hmm. they aren't hiding anything. Mm-hmm. You know, when when they kept coming be- after Hillary, Hillary kept showing up and answering their questions. She didn't uh, she didn't hide, she didn't obfuscate, she just said, you know, "Okay, ask me again." And what do they do? They they hide, they obfuscate, they right. do everything they need to do to to say, "I'm still hiding because you still haven't found the biggest thing."
1: They do hide. They're cowards. They're bullies and cowards, which go together. They're just they, bullies and cowards. They hide behind uh, their attorneys' skirts. Would that they or their judges
2: any... in this case?
1: Yeah. Right. So um, this is just going to be a really long slog, and I as will be the Democratic uh, Democratic Party's um, efforts to find their standard bearer this year. And I really hope people pace themselves here. Really, really. Um, Oh, yeah.
2: No, I mean, if you haven't learned yet, there's never, you know, yeah, pace yourself.
1: (laughs) You know, we're well over a year away. We're a year and a half away from being able to go to the polls. You got to pace yourself. Any marathon runner knows that. And we're in a humongous marathon here. Um.
2: Let me. Can except I except for the except for all those guys that win who actually can seem to sprint for twenty four miles. <laughs>
1: it's unbelievable, <laughs> isn't it? Those people are unbelievable. Some guy won the what would I see the London Marathon the other day, um, second fastest marathon time in history. I mean, I, jeez, I, some woman did that Saharan, you know desert uh thing that goes forever you're running in the same she did it with um one prosthetic leg how do people do this stuff what is uh, well it, she it, couldn't get a cramp
2: in that one
1: yeah well there <laughs> She did get her prosthetic leg, though, stuck at one point. It got stuck in a crevice in a...
2: Well, just the no, just constant pounding on where it attaches... Well, exactly right, is, and when is, she was finished... It's impossible they, to even think about. Right, right, yeah. and when she
1: was finished, that's where immediately they took her leg off and they tried went. to help out the part of the leg, right, that fits in. Oh, my God. So there are people who have such you know, sort of inner grit and a need, a need to challenge themselves physically, which is something that I don't have one scintilla of, not a one. So it must be a personality thing. I don't know. Well, of course it is. Yeah. And
2: it just shows that, that, you know, whoever she was before, she didn't have this leg, or maybe she always, I don't know her case, uh, you know, right. it 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 didn't stop her from being exactly who yes. she was. You know exactly right. that that you define yourself by what you have. You don't, def, you know, it, to be successful, you define yourself by what you have, not by what you don't have. And all of us have and don't have.
1: God knows. We spend an inordinate amount of time, though, probably wishing for the things we don't have. When
2: yeah, like some, like that
1: gives you anything perfect. Right. And yeah. uh, meanwhile, other people are, are desperately wanting something that you have. Right. I mean, it's just, yeah, we're, we're something else. And, right.
2: I, and I'm sure that there are, there are people, I know there are people that have looked at me throughout my whole life with just, boy, if I could just be her, life would be easy. And in many, 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 many ways, they would have been absolutely correct, especially it's different snapshots in my life but you know gee they got to take the whole thing don't they
1: yeah no i mean some people you know
2: mean. and so that's that's just like anybody else every <laughs> time you think that grass is greener man think again uh, i think they actually did a study on this where they where they uh <laughs> they put everybody you know had their choice of after you know talking to a group of people and admitting you know all of the things that they hated and wanted to change whether they'd switch with anybody else and walk out of the room with their problems, and everybody usually goes home with their own familiar problems. (laughs) Yeah, right.
1: Right. Right. Let's talk about those. Sometimes people's problems um, don't stay with themselves, and uh, they spread their problems around. And I want to just note – that we've set now a 21st century record in the number of measles cases in this country and we're not alone there. They're setting records all over Europe and Asia as well. So the measles outbreak continues apace. It's now uh, found measles in 22 states. Happily Susan, not in Wisconsin where you are and not in um, Pennsylvania where I am but Give it a day or two. Um, and I just want to thank the idiots, <laughs> the anti-vaxxers, who, uh, through their stupidity, have resurrected a disease that was, you know, was really pretty much eradicated in this country.
2: Um, yeah, I was uh, yeah, I was listening to uh, and probably NPR yesterday morning, and they had a sociologist on from you know some university, who was quite rationally discussing the uh, you know in in her effort to make us understand that we had to we we couldn't just revile anti-vaxxers the way we're reviling everybody else. We need to understand where they're coming from and where their fears are located, um, and that they are not all unreasonable. And the minute she said that, I said, no, okay, I'm not listening to you. Because, (laughs) yes, they are unreasonable. And, yes, you do have a duty to take an infinitesimal amount of risk for the benefit of your community. Right. You because well, you might have the next kid that can't take the DP, you know, the the the, the, the uh, whooping cough virus because it because they have an intense reaction to the virus, like one of my kids did. And believe me, that kid needed to rely on the herd to keep that kid safe.
1: Right, right. So no, it is a selfishness which is and, and there's a pretty big outbreak right now in New York. Um the epicenter of that is among uh, the uh the uh you know real tight knit uh, Okay,
2: so here's o- what's scary about that. What about the Orthodoxy the Orthodox Jewish community
1: community, right?
2: Yeah, what's what, I, they there was an interview with um an Orthodox Jewish doctor who's in the um I think the NYU system and uh she was talking about how that came about. Uh, because it's certainly not anything religious. And in fact, the rabbis, for the most part, are saying, vaccinate, this is re- vaccinate. Right, vaccinate. They are. But what has happened to that community, and this is what I want people to think about a little bit, is they have been flooded from somewhere with anti-vax literature. It is with books that they didn't order, with, with uh, pamphlets on their doors. I mean, they have been targeted. And it worked. So then I have to ask, is this someone just trying to kill Jews? Nah. Nah. Well, what's the point? To, uh, who
1: benefits? There's easier ways to kill Jews than having them. I can, not, but there are. But punishment. I
2: want to know. <laughs> I mean, who sorry. benefits? You, you, you know, when you look for, you got to look for a motive. It's usually follow the money. This doesn't have anything to do with money. But, it has to do, it, it has to have something to do with who do you want to get rid of? Yeah,
1: but the virus, if, the virus, the measles virus is extraordinarily, extraordinarily well, it gets communicable easily, uh, can be from one person to another. Um, it doesn't know from religion. I mean, so. No, but if it hits a
2: religious wha- community that then gets quarantined, uh, quarantined, or maybe that's not, or maybe that's a red herring. Maybe this is yet another one of those Russian things, you know, with disinformation campaigns. And so they just though, to Susan, kill you Americans.
1: S- you see what happens, though? You sound like well, a sure, I'm making conspiracy up stories. theorist. And I mean, come on. It's just. You know, well, listen, here's who, what. Here, here's who some,
2: sent the pamphlets? I want to know. Okay.
1: Some states have um, high vaccination rates, but also. Pockets of unvaccinated people, according to the Centers for Disease Control, uh, some close-knit religious communities, like the Amish and Orthodox Jews in New York, have had low vaccination rates. The same is to be said for wealthy, liberal communities Um uh, in on the west coast especially they have low vaccination that's just rates.
2: that's just asshole entitlement excuse me well
1: right oh not my
2: child can't we,
1: but oh no our, my child you little really peons take
2: the risk and protect my kid while i'm busy paying five hundred thousand dollars to put them in school
1: so um all i want to say is this measles is highly infectious it's a virus It's more contagious than Ebola or tuberculosis, and it is still globally a big killer of children.
2: Yeah, but measles, most people can get measles and just be fine, but then there's that percentage that get measles, and they die.
1: Yeah, that's right.
2: Um, Ask Raul Dowell.
1: Did he get? Is that what he
2: died of? His daughter, his 12 year old daughter. Died of measles. Well, she died of a uh, brain infection, secondary. Well, that's what happens. I mean, what happens is that
1: can create uh, 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 a swelling of the brain. It morphs into things. And and yeah, you you die. Uh, Outbreaks of the disease are all over England. Those aren't Jews. Leeds, Liverpool, Birmingham, Surrey, Manchester is the epicenter. Uh in that city alone, forty seven cases of measles uh since uh January. Um Brazil is got a huge uh e- epidemic of measles going on. Uh well over ten thousand known cases um at the moment. We're still I mean, in the high. Do hundreds. you
2: remember do you remember when we were kids and the polio and polio yes was
1: yes, rampant,
2: okay. and we would be lined up in our elementary schools, in the gym at, for mass vaccinations right you didn't You didn't even get to go to the doctor, you'd just go through, you know sometimes you were lucky and it was a pill. Other times they came at you with a needle and you got to and and you you know and it was actually a really good way to do it because you know the kids didn't want to scream and cry in front of the other kids, so you know you just stood there and you you did it and i can you imagine what would have happened if some mother came in and said, "Not my little kid?" I don't
1: think back then anyone would have ever said that.
2: No, because people were ending up in iron lungs or dead. And if they were in your neighbors, I mean, I I remember getting pulled out of a neighborhood house by our terrified mother with her screaming, there's polio in there. Well, I remember
1: having, I can't remember whose party it was. I was at a birthday party and then someone did, who was at the party, uh, contract polio and I had to have these gamma globulin that 's what uh, shots, and I, speaking of needles, I remember the needles I remember the like size of feet. those needles yeah, like being it was this big, it looked like a you know a saber or something but yeah we we were living in in fear then there was no they looked like you know what they subject. look
2: like they looked it 's why I could never make myself use one. They looked like one of those meat infusers.
1: Well, they you look know, like a cartoon I mean, the, hypodermic needle, right?
2: A right, great, right. I mean, but yeah. it, I mean, it's as big as a basting tool in the yeah, in the exactly. shaft of the thing, and the <laughs> and the needle is like uh, in proportion. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: Uh, oh my anyway, god! So it says yeah. here, I guess it was a pretty to... vivid memory. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so this 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 anti vaxxing thing is global, um, and it's. Um, it's spread by of course social media platforms um, and it's it's full of just total crap and so we're we're being pulled back into um, but you know
2: even just with just with the historical empirical knowledge I don't understand how this happened because we're looking at a generation of people our age who successfully, because of our vaccinations and inoculations, managed to eradicate all of these diseases. And here we are, the largest population of Americans ever, you know, coming through, uh, and uh, we did just fine. So what do our grandchildren get out of this knowledge that it's dangerous? I mean, why weren't we rampant with autism? (laughs)
1: Uh, good question
2: it, it's I it, mean it makes no empirical sense. you don't even but, have to you it makes no sense
1: Well, but that's why that's why it's spreading like wildfire in these times when in these times making no sense seems to be a good uh, good way to it know, must be true whatever yeah I mean people if it started. sounds like a flat out
2: lie, it must be it true it must be true. So
1: still on the health front, and I just want to get this in. Um, I've always said there's no place you want to be less than a hospital, and and that's not just because, you know, you don't want to be sick. It's because I see hospitals as, you know.
2: You don't want to get sick.
1: I don't want to get sick, or I don't want to be killed, or I'm serious, because I've had enough troubles in hospitals. I don't trust them. I think they're they're filthy.
2: And she's not even <laughs> exaggerating.
1: No, they're filthy. Um they're not kept clean like they used to be back in the day. They're understaffed. They're not enough nurses. They're uh, distracted, overworked uh people taking care of you. Um it's a frightening place and it's replete with all kinds of deadly bacteria and And viruses. And there is a study, a recent study. They uh, studied patients at 10 academic hospitals in uh, the United States. And what they found, it wasn't just patients, it was doctors as well, found that those doctors' white coats, (laughs) doctors' white coats are contaminated contaminated with all kinds of harmful, sometimes drug-resistant bacteria. Um, Of the doctor's lab coats that they asked to have to study, um, 16% of them had the uh, MRSA bacteria on them. Up to 42% had a class of bacteria called gram-negative rods, which uh, create all kinds of really bad illnesses you don't want, bloodstream infections, sepsis, pneumonia, all of that. And it wasn't just their white coats. It was the stethoscopes, their phones, their tablets. Uh, Listen to this. Here's where you get cause and effect. One study of just orthopedic surgeons showed a 45% match between the species of bacteria found on the surgeon's ties and in the wounds of patients they had treated. So this is a doctor, Look. not in surgery, coming around to see you afterwards. He's wearing his white lab coat and his tie, and he leans over, and his tie sort of, you know, touches you a little bit. And bang-o, you now have uh, a potentially really frightening uh, bacteria or virus uh, disease. Um, nurses' uniforms have also been found to be highly contaminated. Um, studies, when you ask doctors, how often do you wash that white coat you're wearing? Uh, You don't want to know. Most go more than a week before washing their coat, so they'll wear it for a full week. 17% go more than a month. Some have never washed it at all. Um, The study shows that they need to be washed every single day and also that they shouldn't be long-sleeved. The doctor should have bare arms from the elbow down. But doctors don't want to do it. Isn't that something? The white coat gives them some kind of, uh, you know, sense of status or something. But um, anyway, I'm just telling you that. I read that and I thought, oh, my God, oh, my God. You know, this is where knowledge just scares the hell out of you. You don't want to be. I I look at doctors now as like, you know, purveyors of death. I really do. They scare the hell out of me.
2: Um, well, and you hope you got one that actually looks at you and can see you. Yeah. And you know, and treats you as the individual you are. Because if they can't and Lots they don't, you're in deep doo doo. Yeah. And that's that's the majority of them.
1: And you know what else? They're just
2: humans like all the rest of us, and yeah. they get
1: bored too. And you know, and they get stressed, and they get whatever. I have to tell you that you know I'm in a hospital at least once a month because I have to get an injection every month and it can only be done at the at the hospital. And I'm in a room full of people getting infusions and stuff, and um, lots of you know. And every time I'm there, I'm thinking, please, 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 let me get in, let me get out. It it absolutely terrifies me to be in a hospital. It terrifies me. And I know I'll end up there before it's over, but again. But that hospital has tons of those, you know, every door outside in the hallway has one of those dispensers for, you know, the alcohol-based hand sanitizers. So, I mean, I'm going down the hall and pushing it every two seconds and rubbing that stuff all over me. And um, I also read in this article that, get this, When hospitals started putting those sanitizers in rooms, in patient rooms, so that nurses and doctors would use them before they touched a patient, guess what happened? The fire department came in and said, oh, no, 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 no. You cannot have, you cannot have something that contains 60% alcohol, meaning that those little containers are highly flammable, you cannot have them uh, within so many feet of this or that. And so they had to be moved out and away from patients because if, God forbid, there were a fire, they would like explode. So fire codes now limit where these things can be placed Or how many of them can be on one site? Does that make you scared? I don't know. I give up. The world is way too complicated for me. Way too complicated. Um, Obituary of the day, I do want to note the untimely passing of uh, director John. And this movie, if you've never seen it, is so worth seeing. It made it to Cannes, the Cannes Film Festival. Uh, Roger Ebert saw it there and went ballistic. He says, I have not seen a brilliant directorial, directorial debut uh, like this before. This is an American film of enormous importance. So now, with the untimely passing of John Singleton, um, of a massive stroke at the age of 51, if you've never seen Boys in the Hood, thank you starring, for calling, the calling the way, Studios and Paul Sprinterline. And uh, Ice Cube. Enter your six digit And these number. are guys. I mean, he was 22 years old. He had just gotten out of film school.
0: Welcome, host. You are now in the host room and can manage your callers from the Collins studio web interface. He didn't win the Academy
1: Award for Best Directing. He lost to the director of Silence of the Lambs, uh, John Demme. And he was also nominated for Best uh, uh, Original Screenplay. This 22-year-old kid, Best Screenplay. But he lost that, too, to the person who wrote Thelma and Louise. What a year for movies. Man. Anyway, just wanted you to know. And the saddest thing in this obit is he is survived by his parents. Hmm. And his children. If you've never seen Boys in the Hood, it is an extraordinarily good and moving
2: Film. Well, that's how I came on the conspiracy thing i was i was re- I was watching a tribute to him, and there was the scene where Samuel Jackson's standing on the corner and going oh,
0: right
2: uh someone's decrying the gun why why is there someone shot on every corner and he said the same reason there's a liquor store on every corner they want us to kill ourselves.
1: And the same reason there's more cigarettes sold in, you know, black neighborhoods and fewer groceries and stuff. I mean, you can see why, uh, yeah, uh, the black community would think, hey, (laughs) they're targeting us. And I think that's a lot more, uh, uh, makes a lot more sense than people trying to take out Orthodox Jews with pamphlets on their doorsteps.
2: Well, I'm just trying to figure out who's who's behind... (laughs) Targeting that community. And I life. don't, well,
1: you know, who knows? Somebody might have thought they were saving the community. Who the hell knows? I mean, there's so much false information out there, and so many of us fall for it. Um, I include all of us because.
2: Yeah, I'm just, yeah, you, just in case you think that um, all you believe the stereotype that we're all smarter than everybody else, here's proof.
1: Okay. Oh,
2: hey Amy. I know we're
1: having some audio nonsense going on, and Milton's telling me that the audience is hearing the uh, call-in line voice prompts, which is, you know, the weird thing that happened the other day too. We'll try to figure, you know.
2: Well, you know that. Well, you do know that I got zapped out. I, I, I wasn't just being quiet. I had to hang up and call back. Today. Yeah.
1: Oh, I did wonder why you seemed not to be there for a while. No, I didn't well, I wasn't. That. I wasn't. I thought you were disapproving of what I was saying. I thought, Gee, geez. You no, I know. I
2: had no idea, and no, I actually I had to tune you in to see if you could even tell, and I gathered you weren't sure. No. I so wasn't. then I hung up and I called back in, and here I am. Here
1: you are. Hey, the most amazing, and here again, me just trying to avoid so much of the horror in the news. Here's another interesting little thing I came upon. There was a pizza contest in, of all places, Italy. Actually, I had thought pizza was not really native. Pizza is native to Italy?
2: Sure it is. Well,
1: you know, you hear these things like, you know, things that you think are... Chinese or Italian aren't really. They were sort of bastardized versions of something, you know, the way we know them, whatever. But yes, Abs yeah, true. So anyway, there was, I don't know, hundreds of uh, pizza purveyors and chefs from all over uh, the world, 2,000 competitors. It's the Pizza World Championships. <laughs> and... um It was a four-day tournament with judges monitoring everything from taste to kitchen organization. And uh, the guy who won it is from Pittsburgh. A Pittsburgh pizza pie won. National! And none of us have ever even had it. Um, but it goes on, they're, they're going to make it for us uh, starting uh, tomorrow, May 1st. It'll be at the four locations of this pizzeria here, Caliente Pizza. I can't wait. So you rush. got a good
2: pizzeria.
1: Well, is he, the guy says he'll never be able to completely give us the pizza that he did in um, Italy because in Italy he went out of the way to get absolute perfect Italian, um, you know, his Parmesan came from Parma. Uh, The porchetta he uses comes from a small butcher in San Gimignano. Yeah,
2: right, right, and the olive oil is a special olive oil. And he said
1: even the water for the dough was Italian tap water, the rapini from a local, the parmigiana reggiana from the Greek. So he's trying... But he's trying to as much as possible. He says, I cannot find the true prosciutto that I got from the gentleman in Florence, but I'll do him justice and do one as close as humanly possible, says the chef, whose name is Eric Von Hansen. (laughs) 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 Although, here's the cute thing. He had an Italian mom and an Italian grandmother, and it's based on the pizzas they made. And he calls the pizza Maw," which is what he called his grandmother and his mother, the maw" pizza. So gotta, I got I to gotta try this out. It it's, um, sounds pretty incredible. And I have to tell you, his pizza is not round. I'm looking at a picture of it. His pizza is rectangular. So, there you have it. It's not
2: just a slice that's rectangular? He made it no, rectangular? No, the pizza
1: is rectangular. Um, it, it says that, I mean, his dough takes four days to make. I mean, he must be a I I this is not a, a normal pizza in any way.
2: Well, it must be a sourdough crust. Yes, I don't know.
1: I don't know um, so there
2: you have it. I don't plan. sounds good. I'll have to come. We'll have to go.
1: <laughs> I'll have to come. We'll have to go right. And he's got these caliente is the pizzeria he's got there's one in uh Bloomfield guys. There's one in Aspinwall, and I forget where else Mount Lebanon, I think has one. So there's four or five of these uh, locations, and they're gonna, yeah, the meme It's pizza. funny, you
2: know. Every once in a while, some some pizza, um, you know, rises to the top. And they, and so when I still lived in St. Louis, it was a pizzeria called Pi P
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> and Obama had some when he was on when he was campaigning and campaigning and went nuts and asked the guy to come to the White House and do a pizza party for him, which he did. But that elevated that guy to, you know, from one from one pizza parlor to gazillions. Well, sure. And it was, and I have to say, it's delicious, you know, a sort of unique um, pizza.
1: Well, that's like what Obama's, the Obamas did for um uh, Pamela's here a little diner known for its pancakes here i mean it, same thing they ended up going to the white house too um but here here Susan it says it's a 5 day fermented dough there's no yeah well
2: sourdough is a fermented uh, dough yeah
1: and there's no um uh, red sauce he uses a 5 year aged parmesan Mm-hmm. There's peppered bacon, rapini, shallots, garlic, onion, crushed plum tomatoes, and then the porchetta.
2: And that's well, he off. uses crushed plum tomatoes. That's going to make, but it's some th- sort of a red sauce by really virtue though. of it being on top.
1: It's not like what what we always expect. No, it's and not it's, a quick
2: right? And right. he
1: says it's topped off with a shaved black truffle pecorino romano. Oh, my God. Jeez!
2: We really, I really we will t- have to come, and yeah, we really we gotta, will have to go. <laughs> we
1: got to try that. We got to try. I'm just telling you, we got to try that. Okay. Um, so Vermont became the latest state to ditch Columbus Day. Yay! Vermont! That's interesting. I, I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, the state legislature passed the bill abolishing Columbus Day. And I I don't think, I'm not sure if the governor has signed it yet, but it's a Republican governor, ladies and gentlemen. And he said this, I see no reason why I wouldn't sign the bill. And Republican governors are signing these bills I guess it depends if you have a huge, if you have a big Italian, back to Italy, if you have a big Italian uh, population in the state, it's more difficult to do. But um, there's a lot of states that have, not a lot, let me see. Uh, South Dakota has gotten rid of Columbus Day. Not a lot of Italians in South Dakota. Alaska (laughs) has done gotten rid of it Hawaii's gotten rid of it and Washington State refuses to recognize it as a legal holiday and I love something that happened right near here Sandusky Ohio this year uh, decided locally that they would get rid of Columbus Day and instead take that day and make election day a holiday so that it was easier for people to vote. I love
2: that. What a great idea.
1: What, and that's just one city doing that. So it can be done. Let's hear it for Sandusky. Um, Columbus Day is still a federal holiday, and uh, but states are saying fine and dandy, but we ain't doing it. Now... Uh, Vermont uh, renamed the day. They're going to have the the same holiday. It's just renamed Indigenous Peoples Day. (laughs) So they turn it around, and they're instead going to be honoring um, the people who essentially got genocided when...
2: When he arrived, right. and ever,
1: yeah, and in the days and months after. So that's just a little thing that we should keep our eye on. I don't see it happening here in a long time because we got a huge Italian population. But I definitely have seen a diminution of uh, the festivities uh, because people now have a sense of the import um, of what colonization did. I mean, what did we do? We wiped out one whole almost wiped out genocided native americans and then we brought in african slaves kidnapped them from their homes and brought them in
2: yeah it's we have a incredible lot
1: of awful history in this country well
2: that, you know i it's just sort of interesting when you know once you admit that our history was written by white men to you know to the glory of white men and to the exclusion of just about everybody else's accomplishments and achievements and with a very fine gloss over any imperfections but some of what you find out is so damn interesting like um... was it uh... um... Uh, um was it Lafayette not Lafayette who was who was the French guy that, that fought this, the, the, the the American Lafayette. Revolution with us? Lafayette 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 they expose his skeleton, and it turns out he—he was—they didn't realize that it was his body because it seemed to be the skeleton of a woman.
1: No, I don't think that was Lafayette. Was it? Who was that? I forget. It, it was, but I've heard that too. No, no, no. It was the Polish, um, the great Polish. Oh, oh oh, the, oh, oh, oh,
2: Pulaski. Pulaski.
1: Uh, it was Pulaski, Pulaski who also. It was Pulaski who was who.
2: They think was actually a woman. But well, not actually a, trios- a woman. We, we, was, was, it was one of, one of those among us that was sexually ambiguous uh, in terms of body and organs.
1: But when they dug up where the general, the Pulaski, had been buried, they thought, well, this can't be it because this is a skeleton of a female. He had a female skeleton. So... And he was a. Wasn't that
2: it? Yeah, no, that I mean, was fascinating, know.
1: and I don't know, and I don't have any real information here because I read it quickly. So it was. Um, but Pulaski, and I don't know if a lot of people know that guy, but if you talk to Polish Americans in the he, in he the is, Midwest,
2: you certainly know that because right. we have towns, towns named after, named him, after and, him, and he was and, in, and 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 in Chicago there are whole you know big buildings. You know, I mean.
1: Well he's a Big. he was a hero of the revolutionary war and he right. came here like Lafayette from France to fight um and help us win and he it was this fierce warrior but it turns out was not quite a he fascinating I don't know <laughs> Well you know
2: it's, it's it's just it's interesting how yeah you know, it's um, interesting
1: how complicated everything is and how complicated things have always been right but we just can't how get and people just around went it. on anyway yeah we still insist on being nothing more than either black or white female or male bad or good and everything is so much
2: more complicated you know what I and end to quote and to quote Buttigieg is you know anybody that has a problem with it their 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 quarrel is with with their maker with, uh, with with their maker
1: with his creator and their creator. Uh, speaking of Buttigieg and I've been wanting to get this in, did you see that there was an effort to um, set him up? With false accusations of uh, of rape. No. Oh wait, let me find this. I swear I have it somewhere. Here it is, and you won't be surprised to hear where this comes from. Um, there, an investigation has revealed evidence that a mysterious sexual assault allegation against uh, Buttigieg was in all likelihood staged by far-right activists Jacob Wohl and Jack Berkman. By the way, Jacob Wohl is the unbelievable, despicable Trump supporter who tried to recruit women to make rape allegations against Robert Mueller. That story barely made the news because in the cesspool we now live in, it doesn't. He invented a fake private intelligence company to try to make the scheme look legitimate. Um, Anyway, the guy they have recruited to be a recuser never showed up in regard to Mueller, but they did get some guy to, um, I don't know, they did something, and the guy that they sort of Pulled into this, later came out and said, um, I was never sexually, the, it's a Trump supporter. They tracked down this guy who these creeps said had been sexually assaulted by him and he, he said, I in no way uh, was Ever, He says, I have since left and am working on a formal statement to give to everyone, including the Buttigieg family. I am, he, this guy is freaked out. He said that Wall and Berkman approached him a week ago using false names, uh, pitching this scheme. And there are audio recordings that corroborate his story. Wow. Yeah, wow. Uh, Beth writes, Pulaski is buried in one of the squares in Savannah, Georgia. That that yeah, it was there. Yeah, they dug him up there. Can't remember why they dug him up in the first place though. Um, Bree is writing from Abu Dhabi, and he wants to know what's going on in Venezuela. Well, the pro right now, but the problem is, is I'm on the air when I. Well, I'll in, tell
2: you what's going on. Okay, um, it, there, there is there's a. It looks like there's a, a revolution going on well, that's, uh, that the that the opposition has um
1: some the of opposition the military leader
2: has 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 asked the military to defect and join them there are people in the streets uh yeah, but it's not clear
1: it, at all whether there's enough um when i was coming in i was listening to cnn and they said that um uh reporters were saying that they have seen uh military exchanging gunfire with military. So you've got the military soldiers fighting other soldiers. And you don't know how something like this is going to turn out, but yeah. So that's what's happening. Who the hell knows? The dust ain't going to settle for some time. I'm very nervous about it because that military has pretty much stayed um, with Maduro. It seems to me. A little Tony. Well, to- he
2: couldn't he couldn't have been doing what he was doing without their um, permission.
1: Who couldn't have been doing what without
2: their permission?
1: Maduro. Could- I mean, I, yeah,
2: I, I mean, you know, if the, I. He he needs their their implicit force to get away with what he's doing. That if he loses them, he's in trouble.
1: Yeah, but we don't know if he's really losing them or just losing some.
2: No, you know, we don't.
1: That's what, we just don't know um, at 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 this point. Um. Oh, caller, I am sorry. Is there a caller still there? Jeez. All right, caller. We only have a few minutes because I forgot about you. Hello. Hello.
0: Yes. Hey, um <clears throat> you are talking about that Buddha chest. I like him and everything. And if he was a nominee, I'd vote for him. But I think he's going to fade out for simple reason. He doesn't have the black vote. And then that thing that happened in, I don't know where he's from, the police department. South
1: yeah. Well gonna... Yeah, well, everybody's got some.
0: And another thing, people are, it's a narrow-minded country. I don't think they'll vote for a gay man. I, they're just so narrow-minded. Just my neighbor, he's a Democrat. He doesn't like him because he's gay. I, he votes Democrat all the time. It, it just that's how people are. It's it's a shame they are, but they just can't get past that. <laughs> yeah. When he get he didn't like him when he came up and gave his his husband gave him a hug. I said, well, what's the difference between a wife giving the you know the husband a hug? I said, no difference. But he didn't like that, so that's just how this country is. It's just narrow-minded people.
1: No, well, it's true. There's a lot care. of pe- there's a lot of people who just um, it makes they, them uncomfortable. They can't it help just it. Does. They just sort of recoil when they see two men kissing or two women kissing um, because it's not what they. I mean, stop and think about it. it. They never have seen that before, and it goes against... No. I think if you give people enough time where something is not so
2: yeah, it, startling... Yeah, this might all be the time. Yeah. It, I yeah. understand. Yeah. I understand your your concern about that. Yeah, I, I do don't, too. And I really don't think you're wrong.
1: And uh, It doesn't know, you know, stop people, me from
2: liking him.
1: What there's concern about not even not. will we elect a woman. There's a lot of the reason the three top runners right now, the latest poll in Iowa, is Biden, Sanders, Buttigieg is actually running third. Three right. white men in this well, you know what diverse party, Biden. and it shows we're scared. We want so desperately to get rid of Trump that we're afraid. Um, that a woman or a black or a, you know, and and I've read articles that black, there's a lot of concern among black women. They aren't sure that, like, a black woman could win. So they're not necessarily.
0: I we, have an idea. I, if Biden gets the nomination, which I don't know, I think he had to pick Michelle Obama for his vice president.
1: She doesn't want to be his fair. vice president. She doesn't want
2: to go there. We can Either. pick any of the other perfectly good women he as a vice Kamala president. He can take Kamala Harris, well, is what he can do. That's a. Or Stacey I think Abrams. Really, yeah. yeah. He can take Stacey Abrams. She just announced that she's not running for the, for the Senate, Senate, and I think right. there's a reason why. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah, yeah. I take. Yeah, I think she's. I think there's a reason why. Yeah. And um and I think it's a it's a Biden it's a Biden Abrams ticket, and that's what. Uh,
0: Yeah, you're probably
2: right. That's that's what he's going to pull out. Uh, We'll see. Yeah, I mean, he's already he's apologized to Anita Hill for real the second time.
1: It's more than a year away before we're even. I don't know when is the Milwaukee convention? Aren't they in like August usually? Um, I mean, we we're not even.
2: Yeah.
1: Let's just just relax.
2: Doesn't that seem weird? The Milwaukee convention. Yeah. Let's
1: relax. Well, that's an effort to get Wisconsin on board because I think there's a sense that Michigan and Pennsylvania will um, will come back with no, not much of a problem uh, to voting Democratic in the n- next national election. It's Wisconsin that's not clear. Wisconsin really is stuck in a 50-50 kind of situation. It's so sad. We'll see.
2: Well, uh, yeah, no, we'll just see. We've we've got a lot of things in our favor. Uh, yeah. Um. The the dairy industry has been basically shut down by, by Trump. By
1: Trump. Right. And his Um. Is,
2: you know. Right. So that is that that. It, all of rural Wisconsin is affected by that. So not just the farmers, but the little towns in which the farmers have no money to spend. And blah, blah, blah. I mean that's exponential. And then there's the whole Foxconn thing, where the fifty thousand jobs that uh, Scott Walker sold the state uh to uh, this guy and now it's he's already backtracked so far that you know it's down to you know spree jobs and a dog walker um
1: no it's 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 uh, it, it's amazing that
2: it there's so there's a amazed. lot of stuff here that if people are paying attention you know we could we could go for the democrat president that said they just elected a they just permanently turned the Wisconsin Supreme Court into a right-wing uh, conservative. Uh,
1: yeah, they did. So that was scary So Wisconsin did just uh vote uh they've got such a lopsided court there now. God almighty. So I who knows. Anyway, uh blah blah blah. Hey. Yeah, I, We'll just I wait, talk, I tell we just got to wait and see. I talked to the Dalai Lama's doctor the other day. You did? Yeah, I forgot that I had. I was at that uh, this wonderful event at the August Wilson Center and I saw him and I recognized him because there'd been an article in the paper about him being here. And I re- walked right up to him and said, "Hi, aren't you the Dalai Lama's doctor?" <laughs> and he admitted he was and then I said, I saw something you said, and it's just freaking me out. You said empathy is something that is not good for the person who's feeling it, that people who have a lot of empathy need to understand that they have to move toward compassion instead. And that poor guy was trying to explain to me this difference between empathy and compassion. You know, he's a Buddhist monk himself, and I... I, finally we gave up. We gave up. But I sort of have a sense of what he was saying because I was saying I want a bumper sticker that says empathy kills because I feel it's killing me. And he was agreeing that empathy gets nobody anywhere. That taking on somebody else's pain doesn't help that person. And it doesn't help... No, it anyone. doesn't
2: lessen theirs. It just immobilizes you. It doesn't help you. the
1: empath. And it doesn't help the person the empath is feeling empathy for, and well, she, so
2: so you have to start with empathy, but then move take a toward, you know, turn it into compassion. Right. to protect yourself.
1: Right. It's not like empathy is a bad thing, but you can't stay stuck in it because you're finished. Anyway, it was I wish I'd had another seven years to spend talking to him. He seemed like such a he he just you know Buddhist to the core, anyway. Yeah, the Dalai Lama's doctor. Cool. Cool.
2: Okay. Well, go. my father-in-law was the Pope's valet's cardiologist.
1: <laughs> okay, we got. Well, go. listen, and it turns
2: out that was very important because it's my theory that that's how. Yours truly not only got a dispensation of cult, but a dispensation of form, and there had never, ever been a dispensation of form granted by the Archdiocese of Green Bay. And to quote the priest, "It wasn't going to start with me."
1: I don't even know what you're talking about, but this obviously. Oh, when I went to get
2: dispensations to marry my husband. Okay. Okay. So that so that my in-laws would come. Okay,
1: we're out of time. We're past oh, time. Oh, okay. Bye. Bye, Suze. See ya. Yeah. yeah. I'll talk to you later. And um, bye, you guys. Have a good one. Link on line, Monday through Friday from
0: 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lincoln Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City paper or its advertisers.